sorry. Oh, is Zachary here? Hey. Yeah, it's oh, me. Hey. Zach, what's up? Not much. Having some technical difficulties. I'm at a hotel and I, the Wi-Fi is like not working with my laptop, so I'm like on my phone. How about you just get it together or get off our podcast? <laughs> I know. I know. Clearly, I didn't go to Franciscan. Ho <laughs> Welcome to the Crunch, episode thirty-six. It's your boy Ethan, aka Bropostle, and I'm Patrick at Catholic Pat. It's a big one today, folks. We've got our boy Zachary Mabry from. Uh, what was he in? Yeah, American Airlines. American? No, no, no. No, <laughs> oh, um, The Little Rascals. From The Little Rascals, our boy Porky. How's it going, Zach? What's up, guys? It's good to be here. Good, good to have you. Going good. Yeah, how's your, uh, how's your life been? This past couple months have been pretty busy for you, haven't they? They have been pretty busy. I do um, work as an accountant, and so when the year ends, everything kind of goes into overdrive. Yeah. So, um... I, I work at American Airlines in corporate accounting, so we have everything related to that. And then I also own um, a small accounting firm where I do some consulting and tax work on the side with like small businesses and families. And so that gets pretty busy through tax day. And then there's like what I would call the busy season hangover of like trying to get your life back in order. You're like <laughs> I haven't seen the inside of a grocery store in months. Like. <laughs> I don't know how to shop anymore. So you, Where are the ding-dongs? To <laughs> I know literally I'm like, I get all the way home. I'm like, I don't have half of the things I need. None of these things can become meals. They don't, <laughs> I'm missing too many important pieces. So yeah, it's a little crazy, but it's, it's fun. And I think this is my four, yeah, this is my fourth year um, working. And so I'm getting used to it. Kind of, you just kind of get the mindset and, you know, get in, do the work, have fun when you can. And, um, and then it ends, but the, yeah, the first few years are, can be kind of crazy. Cause you, you just, it's like finals week, but it's three months long. Especially since like you're working a full-time corporate gig and then also just on the side, like a startup accounting, whatever that is like, that's crazy that you can do both. I mean, I'm working 40 hours a week right now and I just, I guess get, I just get so tired <laughs> at the end of the day. I just want to take a nap <laughs> and you're, you're doing two things. It's crazy. Well, and it, it worked out that way because I, uh, when I first graduated, I worked for Ernst & Young. Oh, um, really? Yes. That's awesome. And I did that for two years. And there you work. I mean, it, it was probably the best experience as far as um, professional experience. But you work like, you know, 80 hours a week sometimes. Like, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. And so when I moved to my role at American, the overtime is a lot less. And after a while, I was like, I'm kind of bored. And then randomly, there was actually this... Uh, this Catholic family and um, uh, the mom, she had been teaching piano in a studio in their house and decided to expand it out um, into a shop. And they had seven children. And it was just kind of like, like we need CPA to kind of help us do some of this stuff. And so I um, got involved with that. And then since then kind of grew the business out and, you know, I, I go slow. Cause yeah, I don't want to like leave work and then go straight back to work. <laughs> the one time of year that gets really busy is the, middle time because yeah it's right being an accountant by day and an accountant by night can you know can wear on you some it's like it's like batman except if he's just bruce wayne all the time 
And is, I yeah, think it's Batman, basically. but he's Batman. All Batman, the time. but okay, yeah, Batman the accountant. But Batman all the time. Batman, but Batman all the time. Exactly. Well, Batman that's not the only time. thing you do in the off hours, right? You won an award recently. I saw pictures on Twitter of you receiving a accommodation. Not no, a commendation. That's what I'm going to say. The yes. Hall of Fame. <laughs> you got an yes. accommodation. <laughs> You're in a hotel. You, you got have a free hotel room. <laughs> yes, free accommodations. No, breakfast is extra, but uh, yeah. No, um, so that was kind of cool too. Completely out of the blue. I had no idea um, what was like that that was coming up until it sort of did. But in Oklahoma, they have just launched a movie Hall of Fame. And a lot of, there's actually a lot of, sort of tie-ins that Oklahoma has with the movie industry and they're working to get more film shot there because you really can, there's like every scenery in Oklahoma I mean there's water and there's places that look like the desert and there's some places that are like hills and stuff so they um I think it's all part of that like they wanted to start you know shining a light on all these different things and then either they were really impressed with me or it was because <laughs> They had my phone number and they inducted <laughs> me into the Hall of Fame. So um, it was, I mean, yeah, it was a huge honor. And I got to kind of learn a lot more of uh, some of the history of the movie. Like there's a, some tie-in with uh, like the movie, what was like Thelma and Louise. I think it was partially shot in Oklahoma or something. Wow. And I might be quoting that wrong. So if you're fact checkers, you can like look into that real yeah, quick. Yeah, we have um, rabid fact checkers on this show. Fake news. <laughs> Name, named Mrs. Stevie and Mrs. Nevy. They are fact checkers. Yeah. They tell us when we're wrong. That's yeah, so like, we listen to the podcast and you got this totally wrong. If, if Honestly, if I had a dollar for every time that somebody told me that something I said on the podcast was either wrong or heretical, <laughs> I, I have enough dollars to buy something that's expensive. Oh, nice one. You could buy a new hair shirt or... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. So like speaking of all of this, like one of my biggest queries, right? So upon finding you on Twitter, right, I found this dude and I'm like, who the heck is this guy? And then I realized, oh shoot, he was in a beloved children's movie, but he's also <laughs> an accountant. Like how, like that's that's just a bit of a disconnect. And so I'm just kind of curious, like your story as far as, you know, starting out, because was I, I couldn't even find your Wikipedia page, dude. Like you you fell off the map. And so I was just kind of curious, like, what happened in between? Yeah, I mean, that's true. There is no Wikipedia page, for better or for worse. But, uh, yeah, we should – Patrick, we should make one after this episode. <laughs> Wait, you know, once you have one, they can put whatever they want on there. And as long as it's, like, somehow true, you can't get them to take it off. Boom. So, like, anything super embarrassing – like, they could put, like, you got a D in chemistry classes. Like, I don't know why I would care if anyone knew that. And that actually, I The early know, life but... section. Got a D in chemistry. I mean, nothing. You don't get any. Uh, I saw that on there because I remember thinking, like, oh, that'd be funny to have a Wikipedia page. And I was like, if if it's true, it can go on this website, and you can't do anything to take it off. And I was like, oh, Ooh. That's, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I've always thought people probably, you know, you there's the sort of stigma that child actors will grow up and be, you know, wild child. You know, with drugs or all that kind of stuff, yeah. right? And so I'm always like, I think with people, they'll 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 find me or they'll like notice me, and they're like, oh, that's so cool. He like he, he didn't end up on drugs. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, but he's an accountant. So they get like, like <laughs> first like, oh, I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I uh, we did the movie The Little Rascals, and then um, we would go back and I'd audition for other movies, 
um, we would shoot commercials. And my uh, parents, they had a rule that said I could only be in a movie if it was age appropriate for me to watch, you know, the whole thing start to finish. Yeah. It's a good and, rule. That's a great rule. Yeah, I'm, I'm really thankful for it. I think, you know, if I had been more, if you had put that rule on me when I was like 11, I probably would have really been bothered by it. At the time, I don't think I really knew what was going on behind <laughs> it with that. So, like, I mean, I liked doing the auditions. I liked doing the stuff. I don't think I knew that we were, like, turning roles down or anything like that. Um, and so that really narrows the field, though, because there aren't a lot of movies with children in them each year that are not just actually adult movies that have a, a child in it. And like adult movie, I just mean like a PG 13 R rated movie, um, you know, and like the language and that's, they just didn't want me to be in those movies. That I couldn't watch all the way through. And that really kind of narrowed the field. And so we kept, we kept trying. And then uh, I eventually really wanted to stay in school. And so as soon as I uh, told them that they were like, great, cool. We'll, we'll, we'll stay like we're done because we lived in Oklahoma and I would go we'd go to LA for about six weeks at a time uh, to do auditions and and all that kind of stuff and during that time I'd be homeschooled and then we'd go back to school and the first time that I was like I think I want to stay in school I think my parents were so excited to kind of pull the plug on my yeah about how old were you when that was when that change happened I think I was about 10 then because it would have been the third grade I think was when we sort of pulled the like after that i would still audition for different things that came through oklahoma uh-huh. um but you sort of nobody wants to hire people who are in that sort of 11 to 15 like until they know that a month from now you're not going to be a foot taller and have a different voice <laughs> they don't they can't risk like True. the budget of a movie on casting you because like you don't know what this kid's going to be like like they're going to come back with a totally different person than you cast uh so you have to wait till you're fully i guess mature yeah that's um, that's why i don't get any offers for roles anymore because at any time like my hormones you know i don't know what they do <laughs> but i could still shoot up you know one day ethan I is could not be, going to be five foot two yeah i could be six six tomorrow you know <laughs> i don't i honestly think that i'm not done with puberty yet so yeah i totally feel that i get that that makes sense that's crazy you may say he's a dreamer but he's not the only one <laughs> What is the movie? It's like you may say that I'm a dreamer, but I'm not. Is that, is that what is that movie? And oh, that's, that sounds like, like the whole Scott. time. That sounds yeah, yeah. That honestly sounds. He does like that like the whole time of like not finishing the quotes and it, and it just like puts a different context. Yeah. Oh wait, yeah, I know what that is. But I, I and so then Zach, for you, the it was just taxidermied mice. Anyway, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> not the point of the conversation. <laughs> so then Zach, it was just for you, smooth sailing. After that, you just kind of did high school and then maybe did a little bit of auditions on the side and then bada boom, bada bing, you're at OU and then, and then, yeah, I mean, accountants, I got really, yeah, I got really, uh, I just got really into, I guess what you call being normal. I mean, I was, I was normal like 98% of the time. Super down with being normal. Well, I mean, I don't know. I just kind of was like, uh, I, I don't think I really in high school wanted to go back and have to be out of school for all those months and like away from everybody and you know like it just sort of you kind of miss out on things and I really liked high school when I was there um and so yeah I just kind of went with it and then it just rolled straight into college because like that's what people did in my school so um we (laughs) OU had been my first choice that was where my grandfather went um and so I applied there 
uh, and then got a scholarship offer that wouldn't have been there if I hadn't, you know, gone straight in. I couldn't like say, hey, I'm going to go try to try to be a movie star again, but I need you to still have this money for me when I get back. Um, <laughs> that that would have gone over so, well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, bring in Rihanna or something. But uh, the so I started school at OU, and I, I think I, I first started out as like a petroleum engineering major for like a day. Woo. And then I, I read the class stuff and was like, no, no, not at all. Like, I think I had just looked at the starting salaries and was like, wow. Um, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> and then if I, yeah, I'm, I guess it was probably for the best just because of the way that industry sort of had trouble through all the years I've been working. So um, yeah, really? that would have been tough. And then, uh, so I started doing business and I think I started out as like international business or or finance. Ooh. They, they didn't really like funnel you off into a specific business major until about your junior year anyway. And after I took my first accounting class, I was like, this is awesome. Like this is, um, you know, like it's, it's interesting and it's a different role in a business than a lot of other things. It doesn't require sales. And I don't know, I just kind of liked it. And I really liked the professors. And so I switched my major to do um, accounting and finance were my two majors. And then, yeah, I just kind of kept rolling with it. I don't think I ever really like stopped to think, okay, what if this year I go back to trying to do some acting or, you know, it, it just kind of, you know, take life as it comes to you. And yeah. so, um, yeah, majored in accounting and then did, uh, like the five year master's program for accounting, which most schools that have accounting programs will have that five year. Cause you need, you gotta get that master's. To, uh, you gotta have it. Well, it, I mean, hopefully nobody from OU or anywhere is listening, but you don't really need the master's degree. You just need the <laughs> hours in order to get to sit for the CPA exam. So you need right. like the bachelor's degree plus enough hours to go to the exam. I don't know that if somebody was like, I need one more semester, but I have all my hours. If it would be, I think they'd be fine to just like disenroll as long as they have their bachelor's degree and go ahead and get to work on the CPA exam. But you know, Never going to get a call to do alumni outreach stuff from OU. Now. <laughs> yeah, no, we have we have plenty of people that listen from OU. They all hate you now. Um, so sorry yeah. about that. So then, Zach, my my other question is, like, in those times that you were thinking, like, or or rather, you weren't thinking, oh, maybe I'm going to go back and do, you know, acting and those kinds of things. Were there ever any relationships or like friends that you had made that you kind of had to? not cut ties with, but like you didn't see them anymore just because you were separated from that world or did that never, was that never an issue just because of how, I mean, how much your parents were involved with it and everything. Um, like the other little rascals and stuff. Well, yeah. Or any, anyone else in the industry, I guess. Um, well, I mean the, so I had, uh, when I was still working, I had like agents in LA and then one in the Dallas market because there was kind of more stuff going on in Dallas at the time. And I was living in Tulsa. And I mean, they obviously once I wasn't focused on it anymore, they, you know, with those ties kind of faded away. And then um, the other little rascals, we all kind of lost touch really fast because mm. in the 90s, when you were four years old, you didn't have a smartphone. <laughs> um, <laughs> very shocking as the kids today. I know. Um, and so it wasn't until we were all back on like, you know, 
MySpace, or I guess I wasn't really ever on MySpace, but the uh, when we all had Twitter and Facebook and stuff, we started kind of reconnecting. Um, but very vaguely, because like we were all really young, and so we weren't like chatting every day, like, "Hey, how have you been these last ten years?" But uh, <laughs> yeah. so those all kind of because I yeah I didn't talk to any of them for a long time. Um, some of them all lived in LA. They like have kept in touch throughout, but uh, a lot of us. I mean, because I was in Oklahoma, Ross, who played Buckwheat, he was in I think Houston. Um, I think they all kind of everyone sort of went their way. Yeah. Um, just more because we were so young and we Kids. didn't have a way to like get. Yeah, there's really no way for us to stay mm-hmm. in touch. I mean, that was back when like you got a new phone number every time you moved, uh, so it wasn't even really possible to like remain in touch. You know, yeah. Right. It, it, yeah. So it, you know, it's kind of different. Um, we didn't all reconnect until we did the um, 20th anniversary the re- stuff. Yeah, the reunion. Yeah, the reunion. So, and that was crazy. It was like a family reunion. Wow. In That's the sense cool. that we it, we all just were like so excited. To, I think we all thought it would be awkward. And then once we got there, we were like, this is cool. <laughs> so. What, um, like how much you're talking about how you barely like remember certain aspects of the shoot but like what what do you remember like what sticks out um i remember that we had to wear these like smocks over our clothes at all times when we weren't on camera <laughs> because we couldn't get our clothes dirty except our clothes had been made dirty by the wardrobe people to like to be authentic authentic so dirty our, like yeah so like our, our artificially dirtied clothes could not get dirty <laughs> while we were like playing on the set i mean with kids that's probably smart like you send them away for five seconds and they've like jumped in a puddle or something yeah um we i i remember like little things like that like we had these little uh tra- like these little trailer things that were like the size of a, a like a one of the big porta potties i guess <laughs> like all of them on one big trailer that just would get like dropped off and that's where we would get dressed and stuff and the each one had a, a bathroom at the very back and we locked um oh no who did we lock in there i think it was like i think it was um jordan warcall who played froggy we locked him in there (laughs) somehow figuring out that there was a lock and (laughs) they had to like bring in a person to let him out and he was like screaming and you're five you you, you don't really know that you're you're ever gonna get out like you're not like oh this is fine like people have been locked in rooms it's just a you know just a little combination lock they can clip it you're thinking like this is it you know <laughs> i'm done over. my acting <laughs> career is finished if i can't get and out no of this one's room gonna look for me even though they're paying me to be here <laughs> yeah and then there was a we shot some like promo thing and the end of it the guy was like let we was at the fair and the guy's like let's go get sick riding rides and then we'd all run off and i was just very bothered that we didn't actually ride any rides like that we were just saying that i kept thinking like you said it again like can we please ride the ride and i I probably threw a fit after that but (laughs) um there's like little random things like that like pieces that stick out that i remember that like nobody else has really told me and then a lot of the memories uh, we don't i don't know like maybe a psychologist can figure this out if like I remember them or it's because they've been repeated over and over again. I'm just remembering the story being yeah. told. Yeah. But um Do any so of the pieces of that. that you remember include our current commander in chief? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody is re remembering now, like, relearning <laughs> that they Donald Trump was in the little rascals. Um <laughs> so we were actually seated with uh the Trumps when they were on the set, like for meals, cause you know, everyone would eat and, um, 
like we were seated next to them. Uh, that was when uh, I think his wife was Marlon Maples at the time. And they had just had a baby. And my brother was also a baby. So as moms do, you know, you like, yeah, I don't know, you compare babies. You're like, this is my baby. This is my baby. So <laughs> your baby, baby, like, your baby is so much richer than my baby. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, well, my, like, yeah, <laughs> huge difference there. And I think they like, you know, bonded talking about baby stuff. I mean, not like they didn't ever keep in touch after it, but uh, Marla Maples and um, my mom, they talked about mom stuff and like, breastfeeding and those things and then Gross. actually trump the, the trump actually held my brother so i've, I've like Whoa. told my brother i'm gonna start telling people that and there's gonna be like protesters outside of this house <laughs> but he did my did brother, brother was held by the future president i don't know that's, that's the test of the politician does, yeah. does the baby cry no I, I should ask like does he we'll find out i'll 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 text my mom i'm like mom did Zane cry? Yeah. Hey, but, uh, do you do you remember crying in the sweet tiny hands of Donald Trump? <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. His hands the, the one thing that I will say is that um, he out of every we there were a lot of cameos in the movie. Yeah. And he was one of the ones who actually did his meals and ate with the rest of the cast because a lot of us were just kids. We hadn't been actors before, and so and he other people like kind of were, would do their scenes and then they'd have their meals in their trailer um, of the cameos. And I mean, is and I think he was like already pretty famous beyond just like being rich. So, I mean, um, that was only memories we had of them then. But yeah, no, everyone is like, wait, he's in, he's in this. I can't watch this anymore. Like I've seen some pretty <laughs> funny tweets about it. And then uh, <laughs> it, he was in something else like, that people are also suddenly rising that he's It was, uh, long, it was Home Alone too. Yeah. Well, that one... There was it was like Zoolander or something. He was in really? maybe not Zoolander, some movie that's like just like a goofy. He just movie kind of that. pops up. Like you'll be watching a movie that you remember from your childhood, and you just go, "What? What? What? How? Did how? You, how did you get in there? Who let you this on the set? You made all your money, isn't it? Yeah, he was already yeah. looking for the entertainment business. You know, thirty years ago. Say what you say what you will about him, but he he made his mark in more ways than one. Mm. Right. Speaking and of so, Home Alone, uh, that kid. I don't know the name of the kid, but the kid... Kevin McAllister? No, uh, McCulkey Culkin? Yeah, yeah, no, the kid who sang with Darla in the movie. I don't know the name of the actor or the name of the kid in in real life. You know know what I'm talking about? Not Alfalfa. Alfalfa's arch enemy. Right, Waldo is the character. His name's Blake Blake MacGyver Ewing. Oh, okay. Um, I thought he was Macaulay Culkin for (laughs) the longest time. I think he's had that his whole life. I think he's gotten that his whole life. So it... (laughs) I honestly don't know what he even looks like. When he was in Full House, I was like, hey, it's Macaulay Culkin. And I was like, that's not, it's not him. But yeah. No. Wow. We so could, they're, they're, after this episode, bad. I could start making some really specific references. And <laughs> <laughs> no one will get them. But that's good. So, Zach, the other reason that we really wanted to have you on the show um, is that you're quite the prolific uh, Twitter theologian. And yeah. uh, you kind of put me to shame I mean, as well, it's not hard, but you also put Patrick to shame, which is a bit more difficult. And not so, that hard. Though. Also, again, not that hard. Um, so we're just kind of curious, and I think all the people want to know as well, like, so you converted as an adult mm-hmm. or as an older person. Mm-hmm. Um, what what kind of, like, happened in your life that, that led to those series of events and then you being, you know, so um, intellectual about the faith and everything? Like, what, what 
what went down? What went down in Maberryland? <laughs> Let's see. Sorry, I was born and then no. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it's kind of interesting. And then sometimes, yeah, I'll like tweet something like, okay, that you know, I need to stop being a nerd. People are going to get very <laughs> turned off by this. But uh, <laughs> so um, I was raised Protestant, and we went. I mean, every Sunday, you know, the whole family, um, for most of my life or my whole life living at home. Um, and then kind of stumbled across, uh, Catholicism just kind of intellectually almost like I, I think I had seen Catholic churches and I thought, well, these are, you know, these are really pretty, some of them. Um, (laughs) and the, (laughs) Uh, my grandmother was Catholic and so, is Catholic. And so I sometimes when I was staying with them for the weekend as a kid, I remember, you know, being taken to mass and just kind of, um, you know, like really vague memories of that. And then in college, um, I stopped going to any any church and I wasn't really doing you know anything. I would just kind of sleep in on Sunday and, you know, try to be a good person for the most part um, <laughs> as far as I understood that. And uh but my roommate junior year was Catholic. And so I went to mass a few times with him and then just kind of started reading about the faith um, from people who were part of it and stumbled across a claim that I just never heard. I didn't know that any any organization or any entity said this about itself, which was that the Catholic Church was founded by Jesus Christ. Boom. And, yep, and I, I didn't know that there was anybody even saying that because, like, you know, I was Methodist. That was founded by John Wesley. You know, I kind of thought everybody was similar to that where, like, somebody had sort of put together the this organization based on their best understanding of the Bible. And then you just kind of continued it. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that there was anybody that was like, no, actually, like, our founder that literally founded this, you know, physical, visible organization was Jesus. And so... I was pretty shocked by that. I was like, no, that's, that's crazy. That can't be true. Um, (laughs) And so I just kept reading about it and I was like, well, actually, I mean, where did it come from then? Because it's there kind of (laughs) at the very beginning um, with almost all of the same attributes it has now. I mean, all the important ones. And then a lot Mm -hmm. of the, a lot of the outward manifestations are not, you know, not too terribly different. Um, Right. The, the vision you're kind of given I had always pictured was that the early church was like a, a like a music festival, I guess. Like everybody was, <laughs> everyone just kind of showed up. and They, they, they all, all had you know, flower they crowns and they were all taking pictures. <laughs> yeah. And then one day these like people came in and they were like, no, we're going to do this. And these are the rules and we're going to invent hierarchy and blah, blah, blah. And so, um, so yeah, so I saw that and then, um, that same roommate and I, we went and studied abroad uh, after the end of my junior year uh, in Italy. And so... Yeah, uh-huh. there it is. Oh, there, um, there you go. Here we go. I, Boy, he about to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I didn't want to take business classes studying abroad because um, I guess I didn't... I wanted to really enjoy being over there and like soak it all in. And so I didn't want to have to come back and like remember everything that we, we learned. Um, so I took uh, art history classes. It was what, like our program was... Um, art history, which was totally outside my comfort zone just because I had been taking mostly business classes. Um, but I, we, so my roommate and I got there a little bit earlier than the class just to kind of roam around. So we got to roam around 
Rome, I guess to keep using that word. <laughs> um, and I was really struck by the churches, just the, just the attention to detail and how, you know, people hundreds of years ago had gone to such care in, in creating these spaces that were, you know, specifically for worshiping God. And, um, you know, the, you can learn a lot about the faith just by looking at artwork because most people couldn't read when a lot of that artwork was done. And so I was, you know, learning about the Roman martyrs and, you know, it's just kind of cool seeing, I mean, it's weird. Cause you've got like, I think it's, it was like St. Lucy. This was like part of our class too. Like if you see someone with her eyeballs gouged out on a little tray, that is St. Lucy. <laughs> and you know, like you, I'm like, well, that's crazy. I mean, these people really died for this. Like this was, yeah. and these, this really happened like right, right, you know, right after. So, um, we go to the Vatican City, which I really wanted to see. And then I also learned, and I, I guess other people know these things when they're not Catholic. I had no idea that that that's where, you know, Peter, St. Peter is buried mm -hmm. um, under St. Peter's Basilica. And so, or at least that was the claim. And so I was like, well, that's just crazy. I mean, we have to go to this place. And when you go to the Vatican, it is this massive thing have you have either of you been there no no i've never been on a plane oh. really really wow <laughs> cool first time this summer though anyway besides the point right. nice continue so um but um it's just this massive place and we just kind of walk around and i see the list of all the popes starting from there they have this big kind of stone thing where they're on there and then all of the saints standing around on these statues around saint peter's square which is not square um <laughs> and then inside the same thing and you know it all of a sudden i started to realize you know from a, a, the protestant background i had you just kind of had the bible and then like god um which i mean not to say that those aren't two really great things but that's sort of all there was so then you start to see this whole like family of of saints and then all of this history and you kind of you feel like tied directly back to where uh you're back to our lord's actual time on earth um and so then our class goes back to the Vatican to actually study it. And I, I think our professor maybe lied and said we were pilgrims to get this to happen, but we got to go underground. Oh. And so I don't know that they just let random art classes from Oklahoma go under the, and do the Scavi tour. But the, so I think, you know, that's how that got worked out. But we, uh, <laughs> so we're going under and you see this kind of little town where people would, um, bring their dead like you'd bury them in these little house things and then once a year you'd come have a big meal there where they all were mm -hmm. um in the vatican city yeah and we get right up to where you know where saint peter's tomb actually is um and it's covered in graffiti um as far as like people like scratching things into the stone in like the second century saying you know peter pray for us or different things like that um oh. and there it is uh and they, they've done a really good job like because it's got glass around it and there's a little chapel down there too but you, you can you can see it but they didn't like destroy it in that process um so they didn't like it, it's got it looks like it you know would have looked and um coming down there to that that was when it just was clear like it was clear to me right then um that here's here's simon peter from scripture here's saint peter um and, and he was made the head of the church and then his successor is upstairs. And which means if I want to 
be in the church that our Lord started, which is probably a good thing. I need to be in Peter's church. Like I, that's what I have to do. And so I, I told my roommate and then he ended up being my sponsor, but I was like, I'm going to become Catholic. And so, um, yeah, that was kind of the, the way it played out. It was like this moment where just realizing like there, there is this church and like it was started by our Lord and I'm not currently in it and I've got to get in it. So that's what I did. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Just for the record, that's like the coolest conversion story I've ever heard. Well, St. Paul's is good too, but the, that's uh, true. (laughs) Yeah. Zach, I don't see you falling off any horses. How about you dedicate yourself? Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of the crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Yeah, I'm kidding. I know. I know. We, um, but the, I mean, the, a conversion is it, like, I'll never, I'll never really feel like I deserved that gift. Like it's something anyone I've talked to is a convert. It's like, you know, it just sort of, it comes to you that way and you, you sort of do it. I mean, you're just convinced. And so I was, um, yeah, I was just very sure that I was going to, to be Catholic. And then my, my roommate soon to be sponsored, bought me uh, a rosary there at the Vatican. Um, with Good that choice. kind of like droop, the kind of like, I don't remember what it's called, the sort of droopy cross that Pope St. John Paul II really liked. Um, oh, yeah. I think it's just called the JP2 cross. Or from now yeah, on out, I will I will be calling it the droopy cross now because of you. So thank Sorry. you. Sorry. I mean, I, I was like trying to, everyone knows what I think. Or not everyone, but yeah. Anyone who might know this cross would know by that. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. And then uh, we came back to America and... Um, I wanted to start RCIA right away. It was the summer, so it was about to start up in the fall, but I couldn't because of my schedule. And so I was like, well, I guess I'll just have to wait another year to be, um, you know, to actually come into the church. And then Uh, that that fall, I was kind of like, well, okay, that's fine. You know, I'll just, it'll happen eventually. You know, I'll I'll be patient. And then I decided on like my birthday, uh, the next year, which was 2012, I was like, no, I'm going to do this. So I just went into the parish um, at OU and told the priest, uh, Father Father Goins, that's there. I was like, I want to be Catholic. And, you know, I can't go to RCA because it's on Tuesday nights and that's impossible for me to do. Um, and it will be until I graduate. And he was like, okay, well, we'll make it happen. He's like, the classes aren't supposed to be a barrier. They're supposed to be a benefit. And so we'll all work with you one-on-one and uh, get, you'll be ready nice. to to make a profession of faith and come into the church at Easter. So good priest. Yes. That's like, that's what a good priest do. RT. That's he, awesome. He's wonderful. He's great. He's um, been there for a while, but the, the church has just grown there. Um, they're building another building, a new building. Cause they've like, they can't even fit in their space anymore. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And so I got to work with him, you know, he gave me a copy of the catechism of the Catholic church and a book by uh, father, uh, Jacques Philippe. And, what book? He had me read. Um, Interior Freedom. Ah. It's a good uh, one. I don't think I really understood that one as much at the time. I mean, it's about it, all of uh, Jacques Philippe's books are like about prayer and everything. And you kind of have to relearn what prayer is coming into the Catholic Church. Um, but yeah. and then I, I can't remember what else. Another priest that I met shortly after gave me a, a book by who wrote? It's like 
Catholicism and fundamentalism. Um, was that Peter Kreef? I can't remember. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I I, I was very was it born for the good? No, it was. It's like this yellow book that I've seen it. Like every gotcha. bookstore has it, but it it's like Resisting Happiness by Matthew Kelly. no there were no matthew kelly books involved um (laughs) i didn't know about until later or else Uh, you might not be here today (laughs) (laughs) that's me i know i'm sorry (laughs) we're gonna move on now i'm a bad person i'll cut that out don't worry carry on he muted himself i did there yeah we're here we're good okay my phone started ringing and then i didn't know that that was a thing um that's okay i (laughs) killed the call um <laughs> so yeah i uh i got to that and then i came to the church at easter um and you know my uh my grandmother came to norman for it because she she is catholic and then um actually my father and my brother came and they're they're still methodist but um they they came to my uh confirmation and like the easter vigil um and my mom would have been there but she was working um she was working for the methodist church at the time and so Easter is not really a time that she can just like yeah. pick up and leave. And so, so she sent, I get to like, let me know that she was supportive. So they were, um, they were supportive. Uh, I was kind of scared to tell them though. Cause like my mom had been a youth minister up until then. So I was kind of like, Hey, sorry. Um, I'm Catholic now. But, huh? Surprise. Well, I know. I mean, you kind of feel bad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. In a sense. Cause you, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to be different from your, family or anything like that so um so yeah that's kind of how it now, worked out yeah <laughs> that was really Cold creepy line. patrick I know, yeah I'm it was meant to be creepy that. oh boy don't worry i won't hit on his wife ouch <laughs> Ethan. ouch <laughs> did you do that no Ethan did that i didn't do that per se <laughs> but he did say he was he was talking about like how he'd had a crush Josh, on his wife. He had a crush on his wife since he was like sixteen or seventeen, and I said, "I've also had a crush on your wife since I was sixteen or 17. And <laughs> uh, Patrick thought it was really funny. Josh did not think it was a funny. person he has never met before. <laughs> that yeah. I I'm well, a, I'm a pusher. I, I his his co-host jokingly hits on his wife on their podcast. I was like, "What's the double standard? Just because he's known you longer? Because that's what it feels like." Yeah, I think that is actually the double standard. <laughs> that's actually probably what it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it's probably just that's probably just one standard though. I mean, that's yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, the standard. Yeah, and so I guess that's how I became Catholic, and I think, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I sort of attribute all of it to uh, Our Lady because there were yes. a couple just different yes. things that sticked out with like um, being given that rosary and then. Um, backtracking so like after this happens i start remembering little things that had happened along the way and actually the first thing that piqued my interest was uh, my great grandmother was catholic and um she passed away when i was 16 15 16 something like that and um we all met at her parish the night before her um her funeral mass to pray the rosary and i had never heard of that like at all i had no idea i'm like who who are we talking to? Is, it, is Mary Jesus's mother? What is a mystery? I don't understand this. Why did we just play three prayers on no beads, but every prayer is on one? Like, I just remain very confused the whole time. Um, and it was kind of like the call and response type of 
rosary and like it was most of her friends who were all you know in their 80s i was like well this is so bizarre and <laughs> kind of awesome like actually kind of awesome and so wow that's um, good. yeah yeah in a lot of ways i think that was this beginning of like well that's interesting i guess there's a lot to this catholic thing um and so yeah it's all it's all mary all the time and so um i think that's how it worked out and thankfully god's given me the grace to still be catholic and you know to keep trying to learn and I've, a lot of really great priests have um you know come into my life along the way since father jim and norman there's been you know great priests in dallas and all that and so um yeah i've been very fortunate really i mean it's been it's been great speaking of our lady one of our one of our our crunchers asked on twitter uh what is your favorite apparition of our lady favorite apparition where are you seeing this i didn't get anybody tweeting to me i got someone tweeting to me oh shameless papist at shameless papist oh of course (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of hard i mean because they're all like if you think about any one of them for like whatever one you thought of last is the coolest because people are something new i mean true i think it's tough so i'm gonna narrow it down you know, you just feel bad. I feel like I'm like eliminating people. I'm like Guadalupe, get out of here. Um, no, I, I love, <laughs> because I love I love all of them. Um, I think if I just say favorite, um, maybe Fatima or Lourdes. Um, Classic. Can't go wrong. Nice. Yeah, I mean it's Can't hard to pick between the two, but I guess probably I guess probably Fatima because it, it happened in our century and it really is tied into or not. I mean the century I was born. Um, it yeah. is really tied into. Uh, what was going on in the world and you know it just sort of shows our lady's concern for us because um i think as one priest put it at my old parish or my parish it was uh you know she wasn't just bored in heaven and wondered what the weather was like in portugal she came down because <laughs> she loves all of her children and she wants them all to go to heaven and so she wanted to wanted to you know come down and, and beg them to start praying the rosary and start doing penance and um you know start start doing what they know they need to do. Um, And even though, you know, that's all already been said and the church has been saying all those same things forever, Mm -hmm. you know, she came down and said it herself um, just to let us know. And at a time period where miracles and stuff were not very popular because, you know, you had communism and everything really bubbling up and just the idea of the supernatural was starting to really fall out of favor because we got I think we got more superstitious, but, you know, things started getting really aggressive of like, oh, no, we figured it all out and we can do everything with science and we can, you know, so I liked that one a lot. But then Lords is, you know, it's very beautiful and St. Bernadette and there's a, you know, a movie about it and everything. So, yeah, no, I love I love Fatima, too, just because it shows so much about like Mary's love for us, like you said, because like she's up in heaven, right? She's got the beatific vision, right? And she's still, for whatever reason like cares about the relatively, you know, insignificant blip of time in which, you know, uh, the people were living in when she appeared at Fatima, you know, like if you think about it just on the scale of eternity, that's crazy, you know? And like, that's, that's how much she loves us is she, she cares enough to come out of that, come down here. It blows my mind. Yeah. I love it. Right. This is now the Fatima podcast. The Fatima podcast. <laughs> um, you, 
Yeah, and I mean, you probably, I mean, any other mother would just get tired of saying the same things over and over again. Mm -hmm. But I mean, really, she comes down and she's like, pray your rosary, wear your scapula, you know, all of these kind of, you know, things that's like, I've told you this a thousand times, but here I'm going to tell you again, make the sun zoom at the earth in case you're not listening. Um, you know, there's, uh, yeah, so that one's, that one is neat. And then there's a lot in this, so I won't, I won't keep going on and on, but there's, there's a lot of apparitions that the church has uh, deemed worthy of belief that are, are neat to look into even, even more recent than Fatima. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so I have I have a question. I, last thing is just like, did you so after you converted and after you got um, confirmed and everything, was there a person in your life that kind of challenged you, um, like continuously? Because I, I know a lot of people have have trouble like after they convert and they get through the rush of RCIA and they get through the rush of like, oh my goodness, I have the fullness of the faith now and the truth and everything, and then they kind of start to fall off a little bit. Um, yeah. How did you like keep that going after you converted? Was there someone in your life or was you just so dedicated or what did that look like for you? Um, well, it it is exactly like you describe. It's very exciting at first and you're like, I'm going to, you know, do everything. And then I have the fullness of faith and all that stuff. And then you're kind of like Sunday morning, you're like, you know, I'll still have it at noon. So I'm going to stay in bed. Um, but the, so yeah, that kind of stuff sort of fades out because you're, it's sort of driven by like excitement and emotion and any of those things just are not they can't just be sustained forever um and i think when the newness and excitement started to to like wear off and it was starting to be like okay you know this is this is starting to feel very normal um and you know kind of start to lack and I, I i'm thinking that there's the church has done statistics on this and actually a lot of converts don't don't make it through like their third year um, but the, the person that actually popped up, cause I, um, I had moved to Dallas and I hadn't made a lot of Catholic friends. I would just kind of go to these giant parishes we have in Dallas and, you know, I'd go to mass and it was nice, but I didn't know anybody, um, other than people I worked with. And so the person actually came back, crazy story and this, maybe we won't have time to get into, but the, uh, um, if you, from the little rascals, alfalfa who, bug hall, uh, is played by bug hall. He's also a convert, and nice. um, we had not kept in touch at all because I was the youngest and he was the oldest. So, I mean, I was four and he's like 10. So there's nothing that a four-year-old and a 10-year-old really have in common. <laughs> um, so on the set, we didn't interact heavily. And, you know, after that, we didn't keep in touch. We had sort of um, kind of out of politeness, like we knew who the other one was. We followed each other on Twitter but we and then we're like oh we should hang out sometime yeah that'd be good uh but in that we're like we had no intention of ever hanging out um <laughs> you know, that that kind of way that you do with people oh yeah and then it was like the first anniversary of when pope benedict either resigned or announced his resignation i tweeted about it um just saying like you know today's one year since you know benedict humbly resigned blah blah, blah. um and bug retweeted it and I had remembered him being like, in my mind, kind of a wild child. And so I was like, this guy's making fun of me. Like, I haven't talked to this guy in 20 years. I just tweet something nice about Pope Benedict. And this guy's like, a jerk. <laughs> well, and that's really what I'm thinking. But then I was like, you know what I'm going to do because I'm so nice is I'm going to pretend that he's not joking with me and send him a message just saying like, hey, that's cool that we're both fans of Pope Benedict. Um, in my head thinking just to, you know. Mess with him. 
just to yeah, just to make this make yeah. point out how much of a jerk he really is. And then he <laughs> responds like, it's like, yeah, I've been reading a lot of Ratzinger uh, since my baptism. Last nobody year. knows that and word. Like, <laughs> <laughs> baptism. Like, what? No, Ratzinger. That was a yeah. joke. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> For those out there listening, Ratzinger, <laughs> Joseph Ratzinger became Pope Benedict. Um, so <laughs> I'm sure everyone that listens to the crunch knows that. But the uh, yeah, so he says that, and I'm like, what? Like it was like Twilight. Like it was crazy. Um, and so then we both realized I because I came to the church in 2012, came into the church in 2013, um, and we both realized that we were converts. And then he had just moved to Dallas, where I live, and so no way. we met up. Yeah, we met up um, to go to mass. Like I, we hadn't seen each other in nearly 20 years because that was the year of the uh, it was before the reunion, but it was the same year. Um, and so mm-hmm. I mean, it was crazy. And uh, he um, was formed by really good priests. These uh, Norbertines in California. Oh, Norbertines are awesome. And, right. I mean, nobody's heard. I'd never heard of them. Like, I, you know, Norbertine sounds like a robot, but <laughs> uh, like an alien species or something. Be sure to drink yeah. your Norbertines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, he really challenged me because he, the, he, when he started talking about different things and we were talking about the faith i realized i was like okay i need to i needed to start i need to learn more like i definitely learned the basics i'm not uh i don't think i'm a heretic you know i can i can listen to catholic answers and mostly know what they're saying but there is a lot to study and he had been reading thomas aquinas and, mm-hmm. and chesterton and all these different um you know great catholic writers and saints and doctors and so that was when i really started like digging deeper and trying to learn as much about the faith as I could. Um, and so we, have you guys heard of Dr. Taylor Marshall? No, no. Okay. He's a the professor, but he's also a um, Catholic author and blogger and YouTube, you know, kind of the, the thing he goes to the parish I go to in Dallas, modern day in Irving, which is a fraternity of St. Peter parish. And nice. uh, Bug and I were going there, and we both joked. We're like, "Well, I know that this parish kind of, you know, it's cool because Taylor Marshall comes here, and he's a best-selling author on Amazon." But <laughs> they do have two little rascals. I mean, you know. <laughs> so, let's weigh the, the let's weigh the scales here. <laughs> right, and then so you know that was, but yeah, so we would go, we'd meet for mass in Irving because he lived more out like in Fort Worth, um, and and yeah, and he, I remember he's like, "I can bring you some books," and he he brought me like. A giant box of books and I was like nice. clearly I, I was like are you saying I don't know anything but uh <laughs> did Buck Hall just call me stupid <laughs> yeah and maybe he did in his way I'll have to ask him but it uh yeah it's pretty funny um and it, the way it just worked out like that was it's just kind of crazy I mean and we were both very before our conversions both we would probably have never been friends like we had completely different personalities and um you know, but the the faith kind of brings people together who, you know, yeah, yeah have different hobbies and different, yeah. you know, everything. But you have this, you know, really important connection and you kind of everything sort of falls from that. So I would say that all happened right at sort of the right time where the convert newness sort of started wearing off. And I was mm-hmm. like, do I have to go to mass? Like the obligation of going to mass started to really feel like an obligation at that point mm-hmm. for the sort of the first time. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like, woo, I need to go to mass today. It was like. Okay, I'm in the shower. Okay, I'm going to iron the shirt. 
So that's so crazy that like it all came full circle for you, you know, and like it's only half the story. Not saying that I would love to have Bug Hall on the podcast and interview him about his conversion, but like I kind of would. And shout out Bug Hall, shout out Bug Hall if you listen. Um, <laughs> but like that's that's honestly like in the grand scheme of things, like the odds that you and another child actor that you were in a movie with both had these crazy conversions when you were later in life and then reconnected and then like happened to live near each other and were able to like, like that's just that boggles my mind like uh, there's no yeah. way that god does not have a hand in that you know right and it you know it, it just sort of demonstrates his love for us because a lot of things about the faith and you know our our beliefs our teachings would were did not sell me well at first but the mm-hmm. way that everything the way that it was like unrolled to me like the way it was presented to me not like by somebody but just by like how i encountered it you i can just see kind of god working in that and that because like it, it just it was too much so i was like well i'm just gonna have to clearly i'm wrong i'm just have to change my opinions on this you know i'm just gonna have to you know order myself after this part of it just seeing how much how much god will do for us to you know to strengthen our faith and to sort of prove, prove it to us. I mean, you know, he died on the cross and part of that is proving to us that he would do anything for us. And so, um, yeah, kind of makes you feel bad when you're like, I didn't pray today or I did, you know, I did something I shouldn't have done when you're like, and then God did all these things for me. (laughs) Not a very good, kind of a bad friend. Um, yeah. When you think about how much he's done for all of us, it, it just, it's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's, we're at about like... Well, we're all speechless. Yeah, no, we're, I was just about to say, we're about yeah. at an hour um, <laughs> of time. I don't want to drag this on any longer, but uh, thank you so much, Zach, for coming on the show. Like, this is so cool to hear your story, you know? And it's and it's not something that you think like, oh, you know, I know everything that's happened with this guy. Like, he's an open book. Like, no, you've kept pretty much to yourself, and then you, you had this great great story to tell and i hope a lot of people you know hear it and are inspired by it well thank you i really appreciate um, it yeah i mean one when... go on Patrick, no, no you had this mind thing is not important okay <laughs> well, i'm sure it is i was just gonna say I, I think it was when you guys had mentioned doing the podcast i was like well i guess i've never done something like that and so i i ran it by one of my friends like what do you think kind of a mentor and he's like you should do it you should like write everything down in advance that you want to say and I didn't do that. So I'm sure that shows. <laughs> don't worry. We don't um, either. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, eh, I don't do that. I'll definitely do that. And then I was like, okay, the podcast is in an hour, and I don't even know how to get on this Wi-Fi. Um, <laughs> but uh, don't worry. Yeah, I, so, I, mean, I rolled I really out of bed. You guys I rolled out of bed 30 minutes before we started, but like, I already knew it was going to be fine. You know, I had faith. We're good. Yeah, no, it's super and cool of you. Can move mountains. Yeah. Super cool of you to come on. <laughs> Um, do you like actually listen? I have. I've, I've listened to most of all, like most of your stuff. Because I mean, I, yes! I, I think I, I think I learned about it when, when um, I can't remember who it was now. Now it's, I feel terrible. I'm a jerk. But somebody tweeted at you guys that you should have me on. That was kind of when I learned more about it. But I didn't really know about this like Catholic Twitter thing, so I didn't. Yeah, it's a I it's a weird place. Well, welcome to the it club, is a crazy friend. Place. Yeah. Um, you can check out anytime yeah. you want, but you can never leave. <laughs> Actually, one question I have from listening to an episode. Oh boy! 
Oh, here or we go. Two. Two. <laughs> okay, one of you uh, one of you gave up Pop-Tarts for Lent. How did that turn out? Did it, did you stick to it or did yeah. have you gone back to Pop-Tarts? <laughs> yeah, that was me. Um so I actually this is a great success story of mine. So I used to be pretty like Pop-Tarts were my thing, right? So I gave up sugared breakfast, right? So I did like just plain yeah. Cheerios for the entirety of Lent. And I've since gone back to sugared cereal, but I've only had Pop-Tarts maybe once or twice since Lent. Like, just looking at them, I didn't buy them. Just looking at them in the store makes me go, eh, now. So it's been, like, really good for me because I used to eat them all the time, and it was not healthy. And (laughs) now they're out of my diet, and I don't feel any worse. I think my acne has gone down. I think uh, I feel healthier. My cardio seems to be more effective. Um, I have, I've, I've, I've gotten a girlfriend, you know, I have three kids. No, I'm kidding. But, uh, yeah. Somebody no. from like, you lost me. Pop-Tarts, Kraft Foods, they're going to come just going to show up at your house in the middle of the night and do not spread. <laughs> Anti-Pop-Tarts. Pop-Tarts. It's funny because everybody um, knew me as like the Pop-Tart kid in high school because I would eat them all the time. And then I just kind of realized how bad they were for me. And then I probably needed to cut them out of my diet. <laughs> and then three years later, you did it. Three years later, here we are. Yeah. So speaking of right. sugared cereals, oh wait, did you have another question? He did have another question. The Patrick. only other one was that didn't you? You guys had a run-in with the uh, the Twitter for Novus Ordo watch. Oh yeah, didn't you say that? <laughs> yeah, we did. Oh. <laughs> wait, what? Who so, did we have? Who did we have a run-in with? They, Novus Ordo like watch, the, Patrick. Yeah. Who, oh yeah, all the they, time. They like followed me a while back <laughs> and still follow me. And I'm like, well, this is crazy. They don't even follow the Pope, but they'll follow me. And I, it like, very bizarre. And I, I like texted my friend and I was like, is this bad? Like, do I, what does this mean? Like, I'm being nervous or watched. What's well, so I'm like, I, I'm not a seed of a content. I hope they don't think that I'm like, I don't understand why they're following me. Maybe that's <laughs> it. Maybe they're watching me. They're like, we need to keep an eye on you. That's probably the but, most uh, correct pronunciation we've ever had of that word on this show ever. Seed of contest. I always say it wrong. Set of a set of Well, uh, we we had a pretty like sad of Boom. He was very like <laughs> good at combating that. So he was he like really was like I, I think I just heard him say it over and over again when he was like, and if this happens and you decide to become a seed of a con, you know, he's like he was very big about like how telling everyone never go to their websites, never read their blogs. Like yeah. you think it's funny, but like the people that go into that, a lot of them are, are just as smart as you are. And mm-hmm. you just don't know something, something got them in. You shouldn't believe that you're somehow immune to it. But he, he said that word a lot. Yeah. So, I, cause I've been saying, I think said a, and then it's like, Oh, it's C day. Yeah. So, um, Intellectualism is a hell of a drug. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could have um, the drug of being smart. <laughs> I just want the drug of, um, I guess, knowing how to make food. I'm pretty <laughs> bad at cooking. That's my goal this year is learn how to cook. I'm kind of random. Can but, I intravenously um, inject a cookbook into my veins? <laughs> into my veins? Some people, I think that's what they've had. They're like, here's these four things, and I'm going to make this whole meal. I'm like, I don't um, So anyway, speaking of food... You, we, we we need to put you in the crunch bowl for one question because oh it's tradition. Oh as we know, tradition is what is your favorite breakfast cereal? Yeah, we can't forget to ask this actually. Yeah, we have that yeah, My that's favorite important. breakfast cereal. Yeah, lay it on yeah. us. Oh man. Zach, don't do this to I'm us. I'm just thinking of all the other cereals that are gonna be so 
disappointed that they didn't get so The brands are going to be mad. Probably Lucky Charms. All right. Nice. Good, good, good choice. Yeah, respectable. Or Reese's Puffs. Yes! Let's Ooh, go. Reese's Puffs. I love Reese's Puffs. Oh, my goodness. I know. And they, I was in Phoenix for work recently, and there were literally people with a cart walking around handing out the little, like, hotel-sized boxes of Reese's Puffs. But I have no idea why. And, and so but you I picked up like a bunch of wigs and mustaches and ate 20. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I just said I want, I want all of them. I want this many. Please. Oh, nice. So, do you know who yeah. I am? I am I'm Porky. And then I was like, "Candy for breakfast," which was the commercial. And the person was like, "What? <laughs> That's your line. You're That's your line. You're supposed to, to know. Not candy. <laughs> Trust Reese's, me, I've yeah. done commercials. And then, yeah, I really also liked the short-lived Oreo cereal, but I think I must have been the only person that liked it because it was on the market for like a day. Yeah, I think so. so. I think you might be the only one. And that probably would make a person sick if they had it too much. It was very, it was very yeah, really. sweet. It was pretty much just Oreos in milk, right? Yeah. Or they like oh milk? yeah. Yeah. So I mean, well, no, they were shaped like O's. Like they had like a. Uh, they were, they were Oreos. Oh. Oreo O's was what they, I think they were called. Okay. See, that's just bad. That's just bad. They were just they just couldn't pronounce it, so they yeah. they just like no. Every every time somebody said they wanted their cereal, they got sent to a speech pathologist because they thought they had a stutter. <laughs> Oreo O's, what? Oreo O's? Yeah, no, you're just wrong. Yeah, not how it goes. What is the? I was just scrolling to see if anyone else tweeted questions. By the way, oh, okay, I see the one about favorite apparition. Our lady. Yep, yeah, it exists. I wasn't making that up. Whiskey I have another Crunchbowl question. Whiskey? Oh yes, kind of another crucial question about about the movie. What is your if you have a favorite line at all? Like if you can remember, what is your favorite like joke or line from the movie? Um. Well, so it's not a line. So this doesn't count. I don't know. Tell me, this doesn't count. But my like the funny the part that still makes me laugh for whatever reason, and I've always thought it's funny, is the dream sequence when randomly me and then Ross, who played Buckley, are playing the bagpipes off to the side. I've, I've always thought that was so funny and I, I don't know why but we're you know just like this scene's happening they're about to like push him over the cliff for liking a girl and then it, it just kind of goes off and we're just like swaying back and forth like hey, hey, hey. so <laughs> and then there's the you, you guys, always famous you, go ahead no go ahead no you go okay you, you guys you guys were a, a fan favorite obviously you guys had so many memorable moments with the pickles and the dollar and the whoopee it was classic classic stuff yeah, well, we were, like, never actually involved in the main story. Like, every scene yeah. that we're in is, like, not what's actually happening in the movie, I realize, yeah. which is kind of funny. Like, what a, we had, like, this whole plot line, and then the subplot of Buckwheat and Porky just doing these random things. Um, and then there's the always classic women make men miserable line, which um, is not in as many. I thought that would be more. I thought that would be the gift. Yeah, more memeable. Weren't you? Hold on. People would think that was funny. I have not seen this movie in a hot minute, but weren't you in the trench coat? No. No, that was not you. Okay, never mind then. Not me. I think that was Spanky. That was okay. Because that's because yeah. that's the you look a little that's the like line that. I always remember is uh, we want to buy some lumber. Like that always <laughs> that always gets me because that's the first time I learned the word lumber. <laughs> the thing that always uh, gets me is the six foot man eating chicken or the four foot man eating chicken. Oh, and it's that just one's my the... favorite. It's just a four-foot guy eating chicken. It's classic. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's actually like you know it's got some jokes that have held up, and it, it's strangely I don't think it was ever like number one anything. Um, yeah. But it's sort of never quite fallen off. I mean, it still comes on TV fairly often, which I know because people text everybody that I know texts me. <laughs> You're on ABC <laughs> Family, or if it's still that channel. But uh, cult classic. So I always find out through a bunch of tweets and texts when it's on, and it seems like it's sort of held steady, and so that's what's kind of fun. And um, a lot of people are like, "You're part of my childhood." And I, <laughs> Like, why you Thank saying? you. <laughs> I got I know, paid like, for it. I know. I was like, I've been in your room. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's cool, and I guess that's like understanding nostalgia was sort of how it is. It nostalgia. Like yeah. I add a syllable. Nostalgia. Don't use that. Nostalgia. Um, <laughs> was was realizing like one of the reasons that people were would be excited is just that they're like, oh, this was just like kind of in the background of our childhood. This was just one of the movies that was sort of, you know, there. there just, yeah. You know, and why don't they don't remember their first time seeing it or they don't remember watching it every day, but it was like, hey, we'll watch this. And so um, it's kind of neat. I don't know. It sort of feels cool to be part of, part of that and um, to then been able to like have a normal high school and college and all that kind of, well, I guess normal in, in finger quotes. Um, which nobody can see me, but I am doing them. Um, is <laughs> we believe you? Yeah, getting to do that and then transition back because obviously there are stories of, you know, some rough futures of these some of these child actors. So yeah, it's kind of nice. Do anyone else tweet questions or anything else? I know. That I mean, we pretty much addressed time. all of the questions uh, in a roundabout way. All of the legitimate questions. Some of them are jokes. Some of them are jokes, and I just ignore those. <laughs> LOL. So, yeah. No, this was good, Zach. Thank you so much for coming on. Like, you're probably the, the most famous person we've ever had on. Um, don't tell uh, that Catholic couple. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be caught, to be that Catholic couple, though, that's fantastic. That's true. That's they are the only ones. Anna Glaze is a huge fan of yours. She's probably going to listen to this whole thing and just say, ah! The whole time. So well, shout out to Anna then. Boom. That is exciting. She's gonna love that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, Patrick, you got anything else for the man? I've got nothing else. This has been a. This has been great. This thank has been you awesome. So much, yeah. Thank you so yeah, much for coming fun. on. Thanks for having me on. And yeah. maybe someday you'll have me back. I'll, or I'll, I'll see you. Maybe Buzz will do it. I don't know. I maybe. I don't know that he does a lot of interviews, but he's. They just got married, so he's been pretty busy with his new vocation. But oh, I bet. Who knows. Yeah, if I'm ever so, down in uh, Tejas, I'll give you a call. Yeah, do it. Let me know. We'll do some I'll shots. I'll be around. Oh yeah, we have a we have a gun range right in town in Texas. Or, oh, you uh, meant, I meant the other you meant but, Yeah, I I was thinking well. if we could make a video together, but <laughs> it's all the same. We'll do all three different kinds. All three of different shots. kinds of shots at the same time. We, we take a video of us drinking plan. and shooting a gun. They all had completely different ideas of how this meeting would go. (laughs) (laughs) No, sounds good. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, This has been a great one. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we will see you on the Twitters.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.